Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Victory Tuesday? Oh, James, it's nice to have a Victory Tuesday again. I'll take a Victory Monday uh, as well for next week. Just foreshadowing that, hopefully, with next Sunday Night Football That'd next nice. week. Yeah, it'd be very nice. Going into Vegas and coming out with a win, that'd be fantastic. Because we all know how we play the Raiders. We'll get into that stuff on Friday. Watch out for that Friday <laughs> yeah, episode. Um, we are doing an earlier recording. James, you're still off of work for now, and I don't go into work until later. So this episode's coming out a little bit early. But James, I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready for uh, Pittsburgh to hopefully get back on track. I don't know if this game was it, though. But how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> doing? Doing a little better today, man. A little better today. I wanted to... Uh, Take a second to give a shout out to a couple uh, close friends of the podcast here. Uh, one, Dylan Sonny. Uh, appreciate you, Dylan. You know what you've done. Uh, that was relayed on to me. The sentiment is greatly appreciated. You're an awesome guy. I hope to shake your hand one day. Um, also, our friends at the Let Them Know podcast, if you're big into fantasy football, these guys have it covered, man. They do shows every week. I think on Fridays is when the, the shows come out. Uh, Kyle. Uh, Mike, a.k.a. Badge, and TK do an awesome job on that show. Appreciate your support of our show as well, fellas. Yeah, we're excited for that. We're excited for all the things happening in Steelers sports. Also, Steelers by the Lake news real quick for you guys. Uh, there may be some new updates coming for kind of our show and what we do and things like that. So keep an eye on that. I don't want to say much more for right now. James and I are discussing some things, so we'll be keeping you guys up to date on those things for sure. Uh, but now we're going to go ahead and get into the game, James. We're going to talk things before the game and then this football game, Monday Night Football against the Browns. Um, very first things, Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarland both sent to the IR. Very unfortunate. I was excited to see Anthony McFarland do some more returning. Um, I thought he was a game changer for us in that week one, even though we, you know, didn't win. Um, I thought that Anthony McFarland did a very good job. Oh, there's the crack. It's so smooth. <laughs> Um, I thought Anthony McFarland did, did a phenomenal job on returning these, you know, the, the kicks and get, putting us in good field position. Rain, let it rain, baby. Uh, and then so with mm -hmm. that being said, they also then elevated uh, running back Quadri Olison uh, from the practice squad to the 53-man roster for the game. Or actually, they, yeah, they elevated him. They didn't just call him up. So yeah, so crazy stuff. Honestly, we figured if Deontay Johnson go on at the same time as Cam Hayward. Uh, so must be that they were checking them out this week to see how that injury progressed, and it must not have done well. Now, also, this Anthony McFarland thing, this is a knee injury that nobody was really talking about after the game, and it showed up on the injury report. We talked about on the on the uh, the pregame show that we saw this knee injury and weren't really sure what was going on. Well, it's significant enough that he's going to be out a month. Uh, minimum. So, minimum. Yeah, at least a month. So we don't know. The rumor was that it happened in the game last week. I don't know if maybe he just tweaked something. Maybe it's a meniscus and it won't be that bad. Uh, I don't know if there's a sprain going on here or a strain. We know nothing right now. So hopefully we'll have more info for you at the end of the week as we, we start talking towards that Steelers-Raiders matchup. Inactives for Sunday's or Monday night's game here. Uh, there was only four of them because they never filled the spots from the guys that went to IR. Technically, the elevation doesn't count against the 53. Uh, so uh, Mason Rudolph, tackle Dylan Cook, wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick, and cornerback Desmond King the second. 
uh, were our inactives for the game. Don't be surprised if Desmond King is not inactive next week. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, there's some guys that need some better play on the field, and he might a solution for better play. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and talk game recap here. I thought right off the bat, I mean, first play of the game, I, I didn't even get a chance to get logged into my ESPN plus and get the game up before the freaking thing happened. I'd, I come in and there's nine seconds gone and I'm we're seven, nothing. I'm like, James, I, I texted him. I was like, James, what happened? How did we score? Um, the most improbable way ever, man, who, who had a bet on that? That would have paid out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, and and I almost feel bad for Deshaun Watson on the play because it's not on him, man. The ball was a catchable ball. Harrison Bryant let it go off his hands. Minka dang near picks it, but then gets hit by Harrison Bryant. It pops up in the air. Alex Highsmith grabs it and looks faster than I have ever seen him run up that sideline. Look for a speed boost this week in his Madden rating. I bet you 100%. Yeah. And his uh, catching, well, what man. What a great job. Yeah, and his catching, too. Uh, so Alex flashes his abilities right away at the beginning of the game. Uh, and no surprise that Mink is involved in that play as well. And uh, just like that, you have hopes for the game, you know. Uh, I was a little bit pessimistic going into it with all the injuries that Pittsburgh had. Real worried whether or not they'd be able to take advantage of some of the matchups. Uh, and the defense gives them hope right at the beginning. So. Got to love to see a wonderful fast start like that by the defense. Yeah. Cleveland came back and had a field goal. Um, so it was 7-3 right off the bat. And then we got to see Kenny Pickett not play his best. The very next drive, um, Kenny had a pick. I, I thought it was just a horrible pass. Um, I think he should have been he should have been picked off twice or more this game, if I'm remembering correctly. He luckily only threw one. Um, yeah, he got fooled by the robber in this one. It was man coverage. Robber. Uh, and he never saw it coming. No. So, uh, yeah, looked like man coverage. That's where the mistake came from. Robert came over and, and stole that interception pretty easily off of him, unfortunately. Kenny was real up and down in this game, don't you think? Like, sometimes he's throwing balls that were right on. And, you know, I mean, like the touchdown pass to George Pickens. Perfectly and took the hit. Right in stride. You know, George does a, a fantastic job of avoiding the one person who could possibly make the tackle. Doesn't break stride. 71 yards for a touchdown. Excellent throw. Excellent who, run after catch. Who had the block on that at the end? Was that Calvin? Probably. Run, run, running down in, in front of him. Yeah, I think it was Calvin. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just that Calvin, was a phenomenal. For a little dude, he blocks. He does. Um, but yeah, Kenny Pickett on the day. 15 to 30, so 50% completion rating. Not good. Um, 222 yards passing. That's not bad. Uh, but one touchdown, one it's interception. Okay. It's it's bad, and we'll get to this more later when we talk about the defense. It's bad when your defense outscores your offense. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It's bad. Uh, offense put up, what, 10 points this game? No, 13. Defense put up technically 14. Technically. 12, yeah. 12 to 14. 12? They got 26 total. Was it 12? Yeah. Yeah. It would have been 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because they went for two and missed it. Yep. Yeah. So then two field goals after that. But yeah, got to get more consistency out of this offense. Uh, the passing game, it seemed like, you know, he he had some great connections with George Pickens. He had a heck of a game. Uh, a lot of dump offs to Jalen Warren that were successful in getting yards. But a lot of times it was in like third and 20 situations and they got 16 or 17. So yep. sure, you're getting some yards. Sure, you're moving the ball a little bit, but you're still punting on the next play. 
Uh, yep. So got to find better consistency in getting uh, the other players involved with Allen Robinson only had two catches, Calvin Austin only one, Fryermuth only one. Never even saw Connor Hayward and Darnell Washington get involved with catching a ball. Nope. Uh, both are options, both are weapons in that passing game. Uh, Got to start getting some people involved, man. That's It's not enough complete passes to get sustained drives and actually make some offense happen and some scores. So yeah. and it, it's they, they got to figure that out. It's 100% play calling. I mean, let me clarify. It's not 100%. I'm just getting frustrated. It's with 50% it. in this it's, game. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue it's 60. I would argue it's a little over 50% in this game play calling. You had you had plays on third and long that were designed to go behind the line or to the line of scrimmage. You had a third yep. and one where you decided to do some kind of awkward quarterback draw play that had yeah, negative that success. Call. That was his worst call of the game. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you have two successful... Run- second worst. Second worst. Well, you have two successful run play... No, th- excuse me. Three successful run plays in a row. And then you decide to pull out a, a screen or a excuse me, not a screenplay, but an end around to Calvin Austin. And it it just, Mm -hmm. it was almost telegraphed. Like, I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of the play calling. Again, we talked about Kenny Pickett. Najee Harris had a horrible game at the beginning. Luckily had one big run that made his numbers look decent. Um, I don't know. The running game is all Jalen Warren at this point, and he still only averaged 3.33 yards per carry. It, and I feel like with the the telegraphing of that jet sweep too, um, you can't do it different than when you're not running it. Yep. So through throughout the course of the entire game, anytime it was a fake jet sweep and a, a wide receiver went in motion, he went between the quarterback and the center. On the play that they actually gave it to him, he went behind the quarterback. Do you think the Browns didn't realize that? That's exactly why they were all over it. So if you're going to run that jet sweep, he has to run it the exact same way that you run it every time it's a fake. Otherwise, no one thinks it's a fake. You know it's the real thing. So, yeah, telegraphed on that. you got to execute that better. If that's the way that's drawn up, it needs to be drawn up differently because it doesn't fool anyone if it doesn't look the same as the fake. If it looks different, it's everyone knows immediately what it is. Yeah, and I, was- uh, and I think the the to be one hundred percent transparent, the one play call that I think that was worse than the quarterback draw uh, was the two point conversion call. That's that was awful. That's yeah, I'll give you and that. And running it up the middle isn't a bad idea, but doing it with two wide receivers and sending guys out and then just trying to jump over the top yeah. when you basically have like six blockers versus eight or nine defenders. No, no, that's a bad design, man. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to do that, then you might as well throw a bunch of extra offensive linemen out there and actually smash it. And we had a couple guys dropping balls. So the game, Najee dropped one. I believe George yep. Pickens dropped one. Um, Calvin Austin dropped one, if I remember correctly. And now, I'm not saying these are all on them. The, the Najee Harris one was very catchable. Kenny Pickett was having another off day. Throws were behind the, the receivers. Um, on wide open plays, he was putting receivers in bad positions. I don't know what's going on with him, and I personally think that he need needed to play a little. I, I feel like now I maybe didn't feel this at the time. I think he needed needed to play a little bit more in preseason. I don't think he's quite warmed up yet. I think that the problem that we're seeing is that these defenses early on are getting a ton of pressure, and he's getting a little bit of jittery feet. And in doing so, he's he's making a lot of these throws while on the run, which is the least ideal position for a quarterback to be doing it from. 
So the interior offensive line needs to do a better, better job of not allowing the pocket to be collapsed right in his face. And the tackles need to do a better job of not getting beaten two seconds. Uh, you know, you look at the stat lines on this, and they, they didn't give up a bunch of sacks in this game, but pressures were through the roof. Kenny was running for his life most of the game. Uh, and that absolutely leads to inaccuracies. Uh, now, some of these, too, like the one to Calvin Austin, where Calvin Austin, you can argue, did he drop it? Was it a bad throw? I would argue it was kind of a combination of the two. Yeah, The throw wasn't great. He kind of had to go behind his body. He did get both hands on it. If he did catch it, he wasn't going to convert because the throw wasn't on the money where it needed to be. But if the throw was on the money, he would have gotten a third down or a first down on what was a long down and distance situation. Yep. Uh, so they just got to get in better rhythm, uh, got to get more stout and and not allow so much pressure, allow Kennedy to feel comfortable in the pocket. I think if he feels comfortable, you're going to see the, the performance be drastically better than what we saw in these first two weeks. But good enough to get a win, right? Let's talk about the running game from this game, Cody. What, the Najee Harris 10 yard, ten carries for 43 yards, the Jalen Warren 6 for 20, the Calvin Austin 1 for negative 2, or the Kenny Pickett 4 for negative 6? Which would you like to talk about, James? I would like to talk about the complete lack of running in the first half yep. and whatever adjustments they made in the third quarter to get 50 yards rushing in the third quarter alone. Yep. Uh, so I like whatever they did. You saw a couple long runs out of Najee. I don't think he had a single run over 20 yards all last season. And he had like one for 14, one for 21 on that, that second half. Um, Jalen showed some explosiveness in the game as well. I like how hard he runs, how fast he hits the hole. Yep. Just going to do a better job opening up holes. In the, in the half, the Browns went with five defensive linemen. Nobody does that. Uh, but you got to be able to trust your quarterback enough that if he sees a really heavy defensive front that you allow him to audible out of it and call a pass play and take advantage of the fact that they have less pass defenders out there and, and try to exploit some of those matchups. Uh, so I think they got to be more flexible to really see that, that mature. Cause I think Kenny can do that. I think he can personally, uh, but you got to give him the opportunity to do so. If he lines up and he has no choice and he just has to, to call the play and that's all there is, well, then you're going to have a lot of run plays that go for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate for sure. I do believe that the running game, I, I believe the success in the running game came from the fact that Najee had a little bit more of a break to get off the field. Jalen Warren was, you got to bounce back and forth between these guys because they're drastically different play styles. And so with that mm -hmm. being said, um, it's not that they don't prepare for each player. It's the fact that you're hitting them so consistently with different looks and different plays and different running styles that it's hard to get comfortable on defense to where you're doing the same thing every play and it's working or, you're, or you have your small set of skills that you're specifically honed in on and you're doing those. I think we got to do a little bit more switching up and I want to see what happens when we put them both in the backfield together. I want to see a two running back set right and left behind the quarterback or side by side. I want to see what can happen when we do that. Hand the ball off to Jalen Warren, pull George, not George. I'm thinking Georgia. Pull Darnell Washington and, and Broderick Jones around the side and let Najee Harris also block for Jalen Warren. That would be a stampede of dudes that are just massive and decent blockers. And a Jalen Warren's fast enough, quick enough to hit a hole. You could have a major run play with that. And then call it right back yeah. and do a screen to Najee or a screen to Pat Fryer. Like, I don't know. Get Yeah, and then the play offense. action pass off of that. 100%. That, you know, you got to, yeah. 
got to be multiple out of the same formations and same looks. Uh, that's exceedingly important to the offensive success. So yep. um, some baby steps in the right direction in this game, but baby steps is really all it was. And that's and, saying and a lot. Mostly, <laughs> yeah. And, and mostly just because George Pickens had himself a real nice game. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Receiving yards and receivers, uh, four catches for 127 and a touchdown on 10 targets. That's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously 71 of those yards came from that one play, but this is a guy that you got to feed. I'm not going to make the direct comparison to Antonio Brown, uh, but some guys are just dog, man. Some guys want the ball. Some guys want to be fed and want to have the, the chance to go out and do stuff. And even if you're targeting them and trying to get like, they'll understand that. And I think he's like that, but man, last week was rough for him. And I'm happy to see him come back yeah. and bounce back with a better game. Absolutely. Hit him on the run, man. That's the thing. Hit George on these slants and let him use his his stride and his length to his advantage. Um, he's got great speed. You got to see it on that play. Once he got going, man, they're not going to catch him from behind. Nope. Uh, so I love some of the usage that he had in this game. Uh, and it's an issue when Jalen Warden with four catches is the second best receiver option in the game. So and it's not know, definitely close. just got to spread it out. Yeah. It's not close. Yeah. 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 These guys can do it. You just got to get the ball to them and it's going to get more difficult. It looked like uh, Gunnar Olszewski had what could have been a bad injury. We're not sure if it was concussion or chest or what, uh, but he was hurting real bad after he got hit on the one play that he fumbled. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Gunnar had two bad plays in that. He had that fumble, unfortunately. Um, and then mm -hmm. right before that, he had that catch on the sideline for the, for the kickoff mm -hmm. that would have been putting us at the 40 yard line and he toe tapped yep. it. Yeah which gave us the ball at the nine instead, which is just honestly an ex inexcusable mental error. You might expect like a rookie to make that kind of mistake. Uh, but for a guy that is a, a former Pro Bowl return man to make that kind of mistake, it was just maddening. I mean, I'm surprised I still have my voice. I was really upset when he did that. Yeah. Really, really upset. <laughs> yeah, the guys that I was watching the game with, were we were all crap talk at him and and it was rough it was very rough rough yeah. to watch gunner make those two mistakes and back to back it felt like um same yeah same it was very it was reminiscent of that patriots game last year That's, man where he muffed two and i said that two punt returns i said yeah. that and we were talking yeah, about how he's a waste of money and i'm like i can't believe he's still on the team after the game against the patriots last year and i was like the league minimum is too much money for this guy it was just crazy um, so Gunner making mistakes, but again, yeah, they made him take a pay cut. <laughs> I, <laughs> they did. They, they made him take a pay good. cut. This year. Um, so yeah, Jalen Warren, four catches, the same as George Pickens for 66 yards. Allen Robinson had two for 12. Calvin Austin had one for 10 Boykin, one for five Frywith one for two Najee and Gunner both had catches, but for zero yards. I mean, that, that tells you the idea of where we're throwing the ball. Uh, quite frankly, at, to these guys, at or behind the line of scrimmage, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Because Najee Harrison mm -hmm. and Najee Harris and Pat Frymuth aren't the guy. They're not Deontay Johnson. They're not about to turn around and run backwards. Like that's not how they do mm -hmm. it. Um, and Najee Harris, if you get in the ball at the line of scrimmage and let him fall forward, we're still getting four yards. Like what the heck? Um, yeah, it, it's just bad play calling, bad designs. If you're gonna have a dump off as an option, you you need to make sure that there's somebody there to help block. That there's a chance to do breakaway. Um, it's just very very frustrating to watch how the offensive almost didn't play last night. Quite frankly, because yeah. I felt like they weren't present for ninety percent of that game. 
Let's move to a little less frustrating part of the team to talk about, and that's the defense, Cody. Uh, so Hold on, hold on. Before we go too far, yeah. offensive line. I thought Broderick Jones played well. Did he get on the field? I thought he came in for, didn't he come in for like two plays? Am I blind? I might be blind. Maybe he did. Yeah, yeah maybe I, he did. I. It was loud in the room I was in. I was ex- Okay, maybe I, I, could, I could have just played. assumed. I that. know he didn't start. He didn't start. So I, I was know. hoping he did, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that who had the holding caller false start? Chooks? Was it Chooks? Yeah, I think Chooks had a false start at one point. Um, I'll give the O-line a little bit of credit as far as not getting Kenny completely murdered. Yep. But they didn't do a good enough job at all in run blocking. Um, and they at least slowed down the edge guys, but I felt like the interior guys really made a big difference in this game. Miles Garrett, a complete non-factor in this game. So, not even close. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he, and he, and if he last was, week wasn't enough he was to, to stop up, the conversation. I don't know what is. Um, he was standing yeah. up and like limping a little bit, and everyone's going to be like, oh, he was hurt, he was hurt, he wasn't his 100%. I yeah. don't care. He's not what y'all claim him to be. Nobody has more stats in, in T, than TJ Watt since he came into the league with sacks, pressures, QB hits, all that stuff. Um, Forced fumbles, interceptions, or, yeah, fumble, fumble recoveries. recoveries. He beats him in all those categories. Every, every single, single one. one so. Every single one. Yeah. All right, let's talk D-line. Yeah, let's go, man. So uh, I think we should start with Alex Highsmith because he's the one that started the game off. Um, Alex always beats Jedrick Wells at least once or twice a game, every game. Uh, this no different, you know. He started the game off with the, the team's first touchdown, the first points in the game with the pick six. Um, you don't see him drop back in coverage too often, but he said that he and Minka recognized by formation that that, that play was likely coming. Uh, so they were both ready for it. Uh, and that shows the the preparation, the the game film study, and, and the fact that he was ready to do it. And then with the game off line, five minutes or so left in the game, he just absolutely smoked right by Jedrick Wells, gets the sack, strip sack, force fumble. TJ recovers it and brings it in for what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. And you really got to take your half off to Alex because uh, just an incredible game by him. Uh, I thought he really put an exclamation point uh, on who he is as a player right now. Uh, with there being so much conversation constantly about how good the Browns' offensive line is, I try to tell people over and over, they're a very good run-blocking offensive line. They are not a very good pass-blocking offensive line. So last time we saw the Browns, we sacked Deshaun Watson seven times. This time we sack him six times. Um, I'm not going to say that I'm right, but I'm freaking right, people. They're not that good <laughs> pass-blocking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you leave the game with six sacks. Um that's always a good sign. You had Alex Highsmith with one. TJ Watt had one. Um, he also had two tackles for loss and that touchdown on that that fumble recovery. Marcus Golden had a sack. DeMarvin Leal had a sack. Larry Ogunjobi had a sack. Elijah Riley had a sack. Um, the sacks Everybody came from everywhere. Involved. Everywhere. You mm-hmm. had you had defensive front guys. You had linebackers getting involved. And then you had the, the secondary getting involved as well with Elijah Riley. Um, fantastic effort all around to and even some of the plays where we didn't get sacks and he threw the ball away or some of them he got away and actually completed passes downfield we'll get to that a little bit the the pressure was phenomenal this game 
and I enjoyed good way better than week one way better and I think that's that speaks volumes to this defense and quite frankly I hope that the the offense can catch up because this defense is playing great football um I'm not saying that allowing 22 points in a game against Cleveland's great but the offense didn't do a whole lot to put them in good field position or put them in any keep them off the field to rest none of that um so concerning with that, yeah, aspect, and Gunner handed them the ball in a in a great field position at one. So not all twenty two is one hundred percent on the defense there. Yeah, uh, you know, I just yeah, uh, I can't say enough about how the front seven did in pass rushing. Still got to do better in run defense. Uh, there was still some some issues as far as uh, gap control and assignments and getting the running backs to the ground. A few times it looks like they should have had them dead to rights in the backfield or behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Uh, or even at the line, and then the running backs were able to squeak out a bunch of extra yards still. Uh, so got to clean that up. Um, I think as the game went on, you saw it get cleaned up a little bit better. But we got to start stronger with that. You can't allow teams to run all over you early on in the game. Uh, so I thought a little bit better play out of Montrevious Adams this game. I thought he was doing a decent job of getting some pressure on the quarterback. Keanu Bent was disruptive as well. Yep. Um, but I loved seeing different people winning in different places like Larry Ogunjobi really hasn't done much since he's been a Pittsburgh Steeler. He had a fantastic game against Cleveland. Yep. Uh, he got himself a sack uh, and then he had a, another play shortly after that sack where it was just like, my goodness, you know, he ended up forcing the fumble. Uh, so just thought Larry did a great job. And I, and before the game, I said, we need somebody to, to fill in, in that position. Joel Batonio is susceptible to guys with length. Uh, if you can get into their chest and pass rush, you can beat Joel Batonio. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi did it, and he's not a guy with uh, – he's like sub-33-inch long arms. Yep. Uh, but Larry made some great plays in this game. Nice to see DeMarvin Leal get into that sack column as well. Yep. Uh, T- so we talked I'm about- excited about the – yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just saying we talked about TJ Watt um, as well mm-hmm. with the, the sack and the touchdown. He also had two tackles for losses, one of them being the sack. Cole Holcomb even got involved. From the inside linebacker yes. position, um, great Cole, game from Cole, right? Great. Let's, let's game. be real. I I thought he was kind of invisible in the first half, but with the game on the line in the second half, he just started making plays. Uh, he had a forced fumble. He started getting people tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, really thought he got very heavily involved in the second half. Same with with Quan Alexander. Yep. You know, uh, you were mentioning before we started about how awesome of a game Quan Alexander had. I can't agree with you more. I feel like Quan was very active in that second half, uh, really helped to contribute with it. Landon Robert goes down with an injury, uh, and Quan filled in great. And if he keeps playing like that, I do wonder, uh, is Landon Roberts going to get a whole lot of playing time after that? You know, he had one great hit, Yeah. right? He had one great hit on a run stop, but... But past that, that's kind of what Elandon Roberts is, is you probably should use him in the goal line type situations and let him try to get the running back. Past that, it's it's tough because most matchups aren't good for him. Yeah, yeah. And then here's the thing. Quan Alexander led the team in tackles. Quan Alexander is yeah, pretty, pretty impressive. He's, I mean, when you got a guy like Minka that's all over the place and typically doing that kind of stuff, Quan Alexander lead is, is fantastic. And I'm just excited to see the – the options we have at middle linebacker. I do think that Quan Alexander um, needs to get more playing time in all honesty. It's rough because I think Cole Holcomb does too. I'm not huge on a Landon Roberts um, right now. I'm, I am b- bounce back and forth. But the big thing with Quan, in my opinion, 
was the fact that at one point he actually got um, face masked by, uh, it was called, it was flagged by Deshaun Watson. He grabbed his face mask, pulled him down, whatever. Um, and then Quan, in the middle of all this, like one teammate grabbed him and said, hey, stop, like, don't go after him, whatever. You're like, they already threw a flag on Deshaun. We got the yards. We got the call. And he stopped. He might have still been saying something, but he didn't continue to go after him, as you see so many players do nowadays. And in, in, during this commotion, you actually saw Deshaun Watson throw one of the refs, which blew my mind. And it wasn't like threw him drastically over to the side, but he like pulled him and pushed him out of his way and started yelling again. And that didn't get flagged. And that was crazy to me. Um, and I, I hope that he gets fined for that because that's bull crap that he got away. I mean, any other player does that that I've seen ever do that. They get ejected from the game immediately. Um, for, yeah, for you're at least getting 15 yards right away. Minimum. Yeah, you're getting 15 right away on it. Um, maybe they didn't want to hit him because they were already getting him for a 15-yard penalty. But, you know, the players need to understand. This is how things escalated with Ndamukong Sue. Yep. Uh, also, how things escalated with Miles Garrett before he saw the light and decided, hey, maybe I shouldn't be assaulting players on the other team every game. Uh, Miles started off that season that he hit Mason Rudolph in the head with his own helmet. By slapping a player upside the head, he didn't get penalized. So the next game, he punched a guy with his helmet still on upside his head. Didn't get penalized. Next week, he went after him and hit him underneath the chin and didn't get penalized. Like, it, it progressed as the season went on. I think he actually got a fine for a couple of those. Uh, but he was uh, getting away with it in the game. In the game. So he figured, why not rip a guy's helmet off and beat him over the head? I'm getting away with everything. You got to stop these guys before they escalate it and it gets out of control because that's what's going to happen when they do that. Uh, if, if he thinks he can push a ref, next thing you know, he's, he's going to think he can punch one. Yep. Uh, so you can't let it escalate like that. Um, twice in this game, Deshaun Watson grabbed a player's face mask that was about to sack him and ripped them by their head, getting 15-yard penalties each time, complaining about it each time, it may, that's how guys get hurt, man. That's that's the reason they call it. You're not allowed to grab someone by the face mask, whether it's a defender or a guy with the ball, because people get hurt when you do that. So if you're intentionally doing it over and over, yeah, you're penalized. Yep. And I think probably fined as well. Yeah. So you want to talk secondary, Cody? I, we I haven't do, really talked about secondary. I do secondary want to talk yet. secondary. Uh, Minka got injured during this game. Uh, actually hurt his chest on a play that unfortunately Nick Chubb, the running back for the, the Cleveland Browns. We don't get me wrong. I, I'm happy he wasn't in the game. I'm not happy about his injury. Uh, Nick Chubb is a force to be reckoned with on the Browns team, but I'm, I'm, I'm very saddened by the fact that he clearly broke his leg, uh, had a severe injury in this game, and Minka got injured on that play as well. Uh, was taken to the hospital after the game uh, and thankfully was discharged and seems to have avoided any kind of serious injury. Uh, but Minka, again, all over the ball, had four tack five tackles total. Uh, DeMonte KZ had some tackles. I was, who was it? Was it KZ? No. Um, Keanu Neal mm -hmm. missed some open tackles, man, and, and made some bad angles and choices and stuff like that. It was very frustrating. I, I want to hear what you want to say about Levi Wallace because I know we have some stuff to say about him. But dang, oh, it, we do. It, it was just a rough game from the secondary, it felt like, quite frankly. Yeah. 
I thought that KZ represented himself a little bit better than week one, but he yes, kind of had to because yep. uh, he got shoved into the ground by a wide receiver and made the look very small. Yep. Uh, I thought he played bigger than the size in this game, and it was improving game after KZ. Uh, Fitzpatrick, he, he put his thing, fingerprint on the game early on and was a big impact in the game. Regardless of if you look at his stat line, you don't see – Perception or force fumble or that sort of thing. But Minka was everywhere in the game, making all kinds of plays, getting involved, uh, and did tip that pass that Highsmith intercepted and ran back for a touchdown early. Um, I thought Pat Pete wasn't bad in the game, uh, but Levi Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Levi Wallace was awful. Awful. Yeah, you know, he couldn't couldn't run with anyone. That long run that was stopped at the like two inch line by Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, again, excellent effort by Minka. He was running side by side with him, and the guy just ran right past him. And it's a and running. He was back. the edge guy. He was the guy that's supposed to hold yeah, the edge over he there. He had contain. Yep. Yeah, he had contain, and he didn't have it because he's too slow. Uh, again, Levi Wallace, when he came out, as which was a good six, seven years ago now, ran a six six forty. That is insanely slow for a corner, and you don't get faster over time. You typically get slower. He was able to kind of mask it last year in some games in zone cover. He looked good. He got four interceptions. Uh, he just is getting exposed badly in these first two weeks. In uh, very quick early on in the game, I was screaming for Joey Porter Jr. to get out there because he's drastically faster. If nothing else, he can get his body in the way and slow people down. Uh, and it's just right now, I don't know what the use is for Levi Wallace because he's getting beat on every play. He's not helping against the run and he's getting burned against the pass. Uh, so you got to do something. You can't just keep on marching him out there because the guy behind him is a rookie and you don't necessarily want to put him out there. You got to put him out there yeah, because a, Levi is embarrassing us yeah, out there. On a big third down play, that would have been a huge stop for us towards the, in the second half, I believe it was. He let a third down play go to the sideline and it's almost... It was weird because it was good coverage, but it was also horrible coverage. Like there was no effort to break up a pass. There was it was just frustrating. Yeah. Like um, like he was just surrendering the catch and, and happy to make the tackle afterwards. Yep. Tackle yeah. the catch, as they used to say in the uh, Dick LeBeau era. Allow yeah. the catch and tackle him afterwards. Yeah. Like that's not what you want to do. You want to break on the ball, and break it up. Yeah. Elijah Riley had the one sack. We talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. Going on. Shannon Zolvin had a tipped pass. Yep. He also had a he had, penalty. He had a PBU. It was at the line. But. He had a penalty as well. I can't remember what it was. Holding maybe. Yeah. Oh, it was it? Right it was a face mask. Um, it was a face mask call for sure. But then, so looking to special teams now, um, Chris Boswell, two for two. Bos for president, as we always say. Um, two for two on extra points as well. 52 long field goal, which is fantastic for him. We, everyone has talked about how tough it is to kick at that field or at Heinz Field. I believe that was towards the open den. I could be wrong. Might have been towards the close. Um, Presley Harvin had probably the best game of his career. Yeah, I thought great bounce back game. Pinning them at the one yard corner. I had several of them inside 24 of his inside the 20 yard line yep. uh, out of the seven punts that he had a nice average of 45.7. And again, even like that coffin corner punt was I want to say it was like 39 yards, but it went out at the one. 
yeah, it's beautiful. It's of, as perfect of a pun as you can have. A lot of those plays that you have that get downed inside the five are because players got down there to make sure it didn't roll into the end zone. This one rolled out at the out of bounds at the one. That was a perfect. Yeah, it bounced play. at the two and went out at the one. I was like, my goodness, he couldn't have done a better job on that punt. Yeah. So uh, I, he should be very proud of himself from this. I think Mike Tomlin's going to breathe a sl- small sigh of relief. Uh, he's got to continue to show it. Right. He has to do this week after week and show us that he is worthy of being a starting punter in the NFL because he's been so up and down in his career. Uh, but this was a nice big up for Presley Harvin on this one. So um, got to do better in the return game, man. Like, like yeah. just embarrassing on the kick return game. Pun, we got to figure that out. Pun return. Calvin Austin had a really good one at one point, almost broke it. And then yeah. on top of that, mm-hmm. he had the good fair catch call that he got interfered with um, and got the flag mm-hmm. for that. Um, so again, we got the, we got the win 26, 22. It was ugly. We need the offense to do better. Defense needs to consistently apply pressure and do what they've been doing and get someone better than Levi Wallace. in there is my biggest complaint. That's where we're basically at right now. Um, the injuries yeah. make us chest injury. We got to watch out for gunners concussion. Alanda Roberts was listed questionable and didn't return to the game. Unsure what happened there. Um, and then we obviously have Cam, Deontay, and Anthony McFarlane all dealing with their injuries, which hopefully uh, we'll get them back as soon as possible. The next show will be on Friday, guys. Hopefully we have some exciting news for you that we'll share with you then uh, before the game Sunday night. James, do you have anything you want to add? No, man. Just looking forward to uh, seeing how the week progresses. Uh, Friday's show, we should also have some new Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, there are two empty spots on the 53-man roster right now, uh, so look for Pittsburgh to either move some guys up from the practice squad to the 53. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Braden Fajoko gets that elevation. Um, I wouldn't also, be surprised if Gunner gets the boot. Yeah. Where's Steven Sims? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if the... He's on a practice squad. I saw somebody say this, actually. He's on a practice squad, so they could totally steal him off the practice squad and put him on the 53. I wouldn't be surprised if the Gunnar Olszewski injury is something that could be out a couple weeks that they just throw him on IR just to to create an extra roster space. Wouldn't be surprised, but look for some action coming this upcoming week. Friday will give you a complete breakdown of what to look forward to on the Steelers versus Raiders game upcoming Sunday night matchup. Yeah, another, uh, another prime time. Two in three weeks. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening or watching. If you're on YouTube, remember to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. That's free. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off. Peace. Peace.